and welcome to episode two of The World of Hair. I still can't quite believe I have a podcast on iTunes. Oh my goodness. This time round, we're going to be talking everything grooming, and I don't mean the canine kind. Join me and my special guest, Taj Hayer, who's the editor-in-chief of the fantastic online men's lifestyle magazine, The Rakish Gent, as we get into the grooming boom. So welcome, Taj, and thank you very much for coming along to be my very first special guest on The World of Hair. So... I met you through The Rakish Gent, which is your fantastic digital men's fashion grooming lifestyle magazine. Tell us a little bit about that. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for having me for the first episode of this fantastic podcast. Um, Yeah, you're right. We met a couple of weeks ago when you very kindly came along to one of our editorial shoots and you did the grooming of a fantastic male model for one of the shoots that we did, yeah. um, which has gone incredibly well. Um, you're absolutely right about the Rakish Gen. It's an online men's magazine, exactly the same as all the magazines you see in WH Smith or any of the shops that you go to. And essentially it has different sections for uh, news and style, grooming and lifestyle. And it kind of covers everything that we think a guy in his early 20s to late 50s might want to know. So things like what products should you be using, where should you be going for a first date in London, what you should be wearing, what are the best and most interesting brands doing, and the, probably the biggest thing about the Rakish Gent that I should mention is we shoot a lot of our own editorial content. So unlike many other online magazines, we get my models and we shoot them in, in how we want to shoot them. It's super slick, isn't it? I mean, I was really, I mean, obviously it was great that you guys invi- invited me to come and get involved and I had a lot of fun doing it, but I was surprised at how kind of slick the content is and how that a lot of the content is, well, it's all original stuff on there. Yeah, we really, really try hard to make as much of the content original as possible. I mean, in the kind of modern world, we get sent press releases every day about brands and a new pair of shoes or a new shampoo, for example. Um, but what sets us apart, maybe, is that we commission a lot of our own content. We yeah. shoot loads of our own content. Um, we, I don't know, we instruct an illustrator to do something for us. We get a photographer from, from Milan to shoot something for us. So it's always something new and different, which maybe, I think, without sounding like we're blowing our own trumpet, sets us apart from some of the other publications out there. And what was it, that's, what was it that set you on the path to have you know, such a cool men's lifestyle magazine really um i think genuinely it was to do with the fact that i found at the time that it started that so many menswear publications were quite preachy yeah um for example there were magazines that you would buy for five pounds in, in a shop and it would be my feeling was that it would feel like you were less than if you couldn't afford some of the things in there yeah so if you couldn't afford a three thousand pound louis vuitton jacket you weren't the right person for that magazine and there was nothing for an average guy um so we do a lot of things that are a cross-section of price. Uh, we do have things that are very expensive on the website as well. Yeah. But we do lots of things that are attainable and achievable. And how do you get a certain look without having to spend an absolute fortune? When we talk about things that are incredibly expensive, it's tongue-in-cheek. Um, because I think in the 21st century, let's be realistic, there's not many guys out there, 1% or 2%, that will, that will spend that much money on certain things. And we all want to look good. And that's where, I, that's where my inspiration for the Reiki Shen came from. Wanting to look good without having to spend an absolute fortune because there's amazing things out there all around the world. Um, And then just to kind of be digital because print magazines aren't having a great time um, unless they're very independent. It's really tough, yeah, really, really tough. So unless you've got a great background behind you and loads of advertisers, you'll struggle to make a success of it between, you know, issues one to three. And if you've got loads of money to keep going, 
But if you haven't, you're kind of stuck then. And what I love about being digital is there's no real hold, no hold spot. We can do whatever we want, really. Yeah. So we can publish as many photographs on the editorial, whereas a print magazine might only have six pages. We can make a piece a thousand words if you want to, because there's no space issues. And content kind of has a lifespan of about five minutes. Yeah. So if you do something that does really, really well, people see it and they love it. But if you do something that isn't so great, no one really remembers it, which is fantastic, really, because it has that short lifespan. You keep going, you publish new content several times a day, over a week, and there's always something for everybody. There's always something that caters for someone out there, I think. Well, it's funny. It's one of the things that really resonated with me when I met you um, on that shoot with the lovely Nabil, is that you said that the great thing about it is you can shoot something or write copy, and then it's there. Yeah, and straight it's away. so fast. So and, fast, you know, yeah. You can get whatever it is you want to get your content and you can put it straight out there. Absolutely. It's a great way of getting accessible content out there really, really quickly. If a print magazine shoots an editorial, it may be shot in April, but it'd be in the September issue. Yeah. So there's that whole huge delay. Um, and normally you can't get the pieces because they're not available on sale. So nearly everything on the site that we shoot is shoppable. Um, it's published probably within a week of us shooting that editorial. Um, we do great video content as well. And we, we push our social media so the speed is something that's, again, uh, a massive plus point for being digital, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm going to link, basically, the Rakish Gent down below. So you guys can all go check that out. And I suggest that you do, because not only is it full of fantastic content, but there's some work of mine on there. And there's yes. going to be more coming up. Absolutely. we've got some fun stuff uh, planned. But we one have. of the reasons that Taj is here is because during the fabulous shoot that we were on together... Um, I was talking to him about grooming and obviously that's what I was there to do. So as we know from everything that surrounds us, um, the grooming market has exploded for guys and it's estimated to be worth 70 billion by the year 2020, which is crazy. And for me in the salon with male clients, definitely the way that they're going about, um, about coming to get their hair cut and their grooming and beauty and everything like that, it's really, really beginning to change. So I thought it would be great to ask you along to get some of your insight into this because obviously the Rakish Gent does have grooming pages and yep. we were just talking about it five minutes ago that you're sent product upon product upon product. Yep. So there's obviously always new things coming out. Absolutely. So what's your take on the sort of male grooming boom? If I you mean, like? you're absolutely right. It's absolutely booming. So when the Rakish Gent started maybe two years ago, it wasn't so big. Um, everybody, I felt, had niche products that they would buy, whether yeah. they were skincare products, whether they were hair care products. But now the, the amount of choice is absolutely astronomical. I mean, if you just go down to your local uh, chemist or pharmacy and you look at what's on the shelves in terms of men's hair care and, and kind of what you do to look after your hair, the choices are absolutely astronomical. And there's so much product out there. Um, one of the things that we try and do is we try and look at what's good and what's not so good and we review things and we do quite honest reviews to make sure that when we're pushing a product that it's the right things um, and that we tr you know we test everything we trial it all over a course of a week or so to make sure that yeah. we've got a really good idea of whether it's good or not um, but the speed at which it's grown has been a bit scary really I don't really know where it's come from I mean must well, where do you where do you think that's come from do because when I was putting some notes together for for this chat I was talking well, I was thinking to myself about has it come from, is it directly linked to fashion or do you think it's a social media thing? I mean, I watch, I certainly watch guys in the gym changing room. You know, I'm one of those people, I rub my hair with a towel five yeah. seconds, chuck a bit of something in it and I run out the door. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a hairdresser, but that's what I've always done. But I do watch other guys and, yeah. and it amazes me that their grooming routine takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, let's use the same analogy. I go to the gym a couple of times a week 
And what I normally find is that when you see a guy first enter the gym, he's already very well groomed. So yeah. his hair's been purposely styled for that gym session. Yes. He's dressed in all the latest clobber. He's got a great pair of sneakers on that match what he's wearing. Um, where that's come from, it's a society thing, I think. It's come to do with the fact that maybe five years ago we saw this happen with the way men felt about their bodies. So we saw people like David Beckham and Cristiano Ronaldo do underwear campaigns. Yes. And there was a massive correlation in how that made men feel about themselves. And they consciously started going to the gym more. And that's why gyms started popping up all over the country and their memberships went up and up and up and up because guys were really conscious of how they wanted to look and how they should be looking or how they felt society was saying they should be looking. And the exact same things happen with grooming and hair care. It all fits into the same mould, I think. If you've got a good body, you you know, you want to have a nice face and you want your hair to look good and you want all to wear the right clothes. Um, so it all feeds in from the media, it feeds in from social media, it feeds into the fact that we live in a really busy age. So a lot of guys now will be going out straight after the gym. So they'll yeah. be looking for a shower and they'll do their hair and they'll, you know, they'll style it properly, they'll use a hairdryer and then they'll go out for dinner straight away. Um, you see so many guys in the tube that carry their gym bag with them to work and back. So absolutely naturally you'll see them after a session before going to work, they'll be styling and they'll be making sure they look good for a day in the office. Almost like they were never at the gym in the first place. Um, so it's become an absolute necessity in the 21st century, I think. And I think that um, has just fed into this whole more product and everyone really caring about how they look and in terms of grooming, in terms of skincare, in terms of hair care, it all has just become a really big deal. And do you think that, so do you think that that has basically, you know, obviously a lot of women have always felt that pressure and me having a, a mainly sort of like 70% female-based client, client base for, for most of my career, um, women have always felt that kind of pressure. So do you think that that is now something that men are beginning to feel? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's been a pressure for women since day dot. Um, there's always been a pressure on women to look a certain way. And the female celebrity market and the fashion market is huge compared to what menswear yeah. is. I mean, as menswear gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it probably never will eclipse the choice that women have and the pressure that women have. But I think it's definitely become a close correlation between guys feeling that exact same pressure to look a certain way, to dress a certain way, to have their hair a certain way, and to, to actually show that they care. Because let's think about a woman going on a first date with a guy. She's not going to go on a second date with a guy that turns up with scruffy hair and uh, with no. a shirt that's not ironed. Um, maybe 10 years ago, she wouldn't have cared as much. But yeah. it's become really important now to look good and feel good and to consciously show the world that you're making an effort, I think. And I guess as well, because we are you know, constantly surrounded by... Images, social, advertising, marketing, there's so much stuff around. And, you know, like we were saying, like you were just saying there, um, now directed towards specifically the male. Mm -hmm. So what's your take? I mean, obviously, as a predominantly um, female hairdresser, a male that does women's hair, but I visit my friend Frank who cuts my hair. I go there probably every two weeks and he works in a barbershop. What's your take on the whole kind of like barber revolution that is kind of hit the world really because it's not just big in the states it's big now in the uk there's barbershops on every high street yeah what's your kind of take on that well i think it feeds into where we'll be talking about in terms of how it's evolved but maybe four years ago we saw this massive boom of barbers coming up everywhere and what was great about that whole thing is that it filled a market so guys could go and have a great haircut pretty quickly and pretty cheaply but also have an experience that was akin to going to a spa so you'd have a, a kind of hair massage, you'd have a head massage, and you'd have a facial, or you could get your nails kind of 
your hands manicured if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, lots of these barbers do uh, clean shaves. So they'd have a Turkish full shave that would last about 45 minutes to an hour for maybe like 20 quid. Um, and what's great about this, and I think the reason why it boomed so much was it was cheap. Yes. So guys could go in and maybe spend 50 pounds on getting a great haircut and they get their skin sorted out, they get their beard trimmed, you know, they get their eyebrows done if they wanted that. Um, and the whole thing would cost very little. And what's probably made it boom even more is the friendliness of the whole thing. Yeah. So guys maybe more than girls, I can't comment on girls really, but as a guy that's been going to hairdressers for years now, you do develop a friendship with the people that you yeah, totally. that you sit with. Yeah. Um, so if you love... So it's a relation- it is a relationship, It absolutely really. is, yeah. So if you love the guy that did your hair, you'll go back and you only want him. So whenever I go to the barbers, I often see people queuing and then there being empty seats, but the people queuing will only want a certain guy to do it. Oh, yeah. Because he's fantastic and he did it so good last time. And he'll remember what he did. And it um, that really matters to guys, I think, making sure it's the same person that does such a good I think job. Men are, I think men are very loyal as well, aren't they, really? And I think, well, certainly I only have Frank cut my hair because yeah. he's cut my hair forever. And I mean, it's a bit tricky because I'm a hairdresser, obviously. <laughs> but... I, I know with his clients, you know, that he's had, he's had his clients for like 10 years and he, you know, he's fully booked for like three weeks in advance. So yeah. I do think men are very loyal creatures. I think they are. I think they're loyal to the people that cut their hair and do whatever they do to their face. But they're also loyal to products as well. And they're loyal to what they know. Guys are very adverse to trying anything that they haven't tried before. Mm, that's a very so good point. So what's interesting about what we do in the Rakish Gen is it's always about the new and it's about maybe you should try this. Maybe you're missing this in your routine. Maybe this is going to make you feel better than what you're currently using is. Yeah. Um, I think that's why a lot of brands struggle as well, getting guys to turn from their competitors to a new brand. Um, some have done very well over the last two years and they've really smashed the market. They've got great retailers and they've got great prices and they've got great packaging. But others have sunken by the wayside um, because guys aren't willing to change. They're not willing to move it's, away it, from it's that. It's a very interesting point, actually, because my small male client base that I have they always buy product from me and they always buy the same thing. And this is interesting as well because that whole barber thing, part of one of the reasons that's been so successful is they have product in the shops. Yes. So the same as any hairdresser, the same as any grooming company, they'll suggest product that you should buy. A guy that looks fantastic when he's just had his hair cut is very, very likely to buy the product that he's just been used on his hair. Yeah. Whether he has something similar at home, I don't think he cares. The minute he looks in the mirror and looks like it feels like he looks a million dollars, he's going to want what makes him look like a million dollars. And... There will be very little regard for cost. There'll be very, very little regard for what he's already got at home. Men are not so um, sensible when it comes to spending money. So if they like something, they'll buy it. Um, and this happens a lot with products. And that's why we saw such a huge boom in things like beard oil. Yes. Because a guy that would never have got a beard trim three years ago suddenly goes into a barber's. He has a beard trim. They use beard oil. It makes him feel fantastic. He smells great. The minute the barber says, maybe you should buy this, he's going to buy it. He's yeah. going to buy it again and again and again. Um, and that's been a real plus for why I think barbers have been around for so long. And I think they will continue to be around for quite a while, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that would make sense that if you are a barber or a hairdresser that does guys' hair, then it obviously makes sense to stop something that is perhaps that perhaps leans towards... Um, guy's hair or you know certainly so that you don't miss an opportunity of being able to retail a product to somebody that, yeah you know I think um, obviously as someone that works in the industry we suggest that you really research the products well you trial them you use them on yourself you use them on the people in the salon you use them on customers yeah. 
and, and won't just have to find that they're very, very good if that's the product that you start selling. I mean, I, I expect that loads of barbers must have daily visits from people trying to sell them product, trying to get into oh, their stores. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to be really careful about it and make sure you're pitching to the right market. Is a product you're selling uh, a price that your customers are going to buy? Is it something that fits in with your with your client base, for example? If you've got a product for curly hair, but no one that comes into the salon has curly hair, I mean, it's pretty pointless selling that, isn't it? Um, so just kind of be sensible about what you're looking for and make sure you're selling your customers the right product. Because they're not going to be happy if they go home with something that the next day they can't style or use themselves. And do you think something that's had a, you know, I mean, 2018, almost 2019, we do live in a very fast moving world. And, and obviously as well, you know, gender, ste- gender stereotypes, if I can put my teeth in, are blurring mm-hmm. and which I, you know, which can only be a good thing as far as I'm concerned, yeah. in my opinion. And would you say that, you know... Um, I mean, I obviously, I know a lot of my friends don't care whether it's a men's product or a women's product. I use an awful lot of skincare myself and I don't really care as long as it's effective. Do you think that that's something that's also happening in that a lot of guys are using products that are perhaps, you know, marketed, you know, inverted commas for um, women, but they're just using whatever is effective and whatever works for them? Yeah, I suspect a lot of guys who are in relationships with girls will use their products and they'll, they'll use it. I don't think that they consciously buy it. I don't think you'd see many guys, okay. um, heterosexual guys anyway, I, wouldn't, I don't think you'd see many go into a store to buy a product that had traditionally been used by women more than men. Um, I think the, the kind of the one area that we've seen a huge boom in the whole unisex thing is fragrance. Yes. So fragrance traditionally was very male and very female dominated. And the last two years, nearly all the fragrances we've featured on the Rapish Gen um, have been unisex. And it's very hard to tell who they're aimed at, which is fantastic. It's really open. You can you basically, as long as you just want to smell good, who cares what the packaging is like. Totally. Um, we, and we all want to smell good. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, in terms of grooming, I think... Traditionally, I mean, everything that we've seen in the last maybe six to 12 months in terms of shaving products and skincare products and um, hair products, if they're aimed specifically towards men, I still think that consciously the brands are still aiming for male markets. So they've got brown packaging and dark green and it's all very gentlemanly. Um, So you think sometimes often it's subliminal yeah know, I think it, I think it absolutely because marketing is, yeah. is obviously we know I mean we both both of us I know we love fashion and, yeah and the marketing from that is often quite in your face yeah but you think perhaps with some of these brands that the marketing is quite subliminal and it's kind of slides under the radar so to speak I think so yeah and I think that's I mean it's quite a safe way of getting men to buy other products as well so if you buy into a brand that has quite masculine packaging and it looks quite gentlemanly and quite rakish um, you're more likely to try the thing from that range. So we've seen brands that started off with a exfoliator, for example, and then they yeah. started doing moisturisers, and then they started doing hand creams and other things. And they've, they've gone from strength to strength, which is fantastic for them, and it's fantastic for men in general. But interestingly, they wouldn't have started with the hand cream, for example, yes. because that traditionally, not my view, but traditionally, has been a maybe more female product. Um, now men are much more comfortable in carrying a hand cream around with themselves in their wash bag or in their work bag and using it whenever it's needed. Yeah, it's great. So, and obviously we all need, to, again, we need soft hands. We want to smell good. We want soft hands. And I certainly don't want the skin on my face to be dry. No. Um, and especially at this time of year. So where do you think all of this is going to go? Do you think, I mean, obviously if they're estimating that the male grooming and hair industry is going to be worth 70 billion by 2020, do you think that, you know, that it's going to catch up with what women are doing day to day or do you think it's going to kind of stay on a kind of level? 
I think it will increase for definite. I don't think in the next two or three years it will catch up to what women are doing because they are way ahead of the game in yes. terms of what men... Just because of what they can do, in terms of what they can do with the hair, in terms of what they can do in terms of style and, and what they wear, the choices are so much bigger. If you look at the catwalk show, a men's show traditionally has about 15 looks, a women's might have about 40 looks. There's yeah. so much more a woman can do to look good. Um, what I think is very interesting, though, as you mentioned it previously, the whole gender fluid and mm. the lines blurring. If you look at someone that I would consider to be one of the most fashionable men around, Ooh, someone like Zayn Malik, for oh, example, yeah, okay, yeah. who... Started off in One Direction wearing jeans and chinos and, yeah. and, and sneakers. And then as he evolved and became a little bit older, he's done, he's dyed his hair pink, he's dyed it blue, he's shaved it off, he's got tattoos, he's got bleach blonde peroxide. Whatever he does, he never looks any less handsome than previously. Yeah. And I think that's an incredible lesson for men that whatever you do that you think maybe isn't that you're a bit unsure about, it won't last long. I mean, these things last five minutes. I have had black, short, quiffed hair for 30 years. But I went blonde and I buzzed it all off for three months since the start of the year. And I looked back at it with fondness. It wasn't maybe the right look for me, but so what? It was a, it was a, a thing that, that lasted three months and it was very cool. Um, and I think more men are feeling much more comfortable with doing that just because we see so much other guys doing it. So, I mean, the influencer market and people doing really well on social media just goes to show that being different and standing out and constantly doing the new makes you someone that's interesting. That's a good point. I mean, you know, obviously I'm aware of Mr. Malik and his, you know, ever-changing hair, yeah. but I didn't really realise, actually. Well, I mean, obviously guys come in and they want to do things with their hair colour, yeah. and obviously as a colourist, I do get to do that sort of thing. But it's interesting how, you know, someone like that, who's so much part of popular culture... Massively. ...really did, at that time of him doing those different things to his hair, was, was influencing guys, because, you know, heterosexual friends of mine, you know, it's not everybody... Um, is interested in popular culture did say to me at the time all oh, that guy's hair yeah what do you think of that literally so yeah it's, it's a, that's a very valuable point so the lines are blurring guys yeah. are looking after themselves a lot more and I mean which can only be a good thing for everybody really at the end of the day yeah. and obviously do you think that marketing is going to get you know, sort of cleverer and it's going to get to you know more obviously it's already focused on guys but do you yeah. think it's going to become even smarter when it comes to men's grooming and hair? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I've been let down just by how traditional marketing's been in terms of men's grooming and men's hair in the last couple of years. It'd be really good to see them take a braver approach and talk about the fact that the products are unisex and that they can be used by anybody. Yes. Um, I think there needs to be better campaigning, better imagery. I mean, there are certain people that are doing very, very well. ASOS, for example, are doing an incredible yeah. job. Yeah, I think what uh, they're doing uh, is fantastic. Uh, collections that both sexes can wear. Yeah. And when they, sh when they have a new face mask style, for example, they'll give it to all of their influencers, men and women, um, from across different communities, and they'll really push it, and they'll make it very obvious that anybody can use this. They had a great campaign, didn't they, recently, for their beauty, when they launched all yeah, of their beauty. Yeah, they a really, really good campaign. It was very cool. Yeah. And then they do clever things, like they have a, a different profile for their beauty, a different yeah. profile for their fashion, and for their menswear, for their womenswear. Um, we've seen more of that, but... Traditionally, other male retailers, um, especially high street retailers, I think they feel a little bit traditional in terms of their approach. So they kind of still do the whole static menswear winter means an overcoat and a pair of jeans yeah. and a pair of Chelsea boots. Um, and in summer, it's a printed shirt with some short shorts. Um, so it's kind of time to move out of that mould. I think grooming is one area, and especially hair care, where we can really do that. Because like you said, and like I've said, 
guys who want the product's good will use it again. Yeah, like, they don't totally. care if it's aimed at women or aimed at men. They're loyal beasts, those guys. They are, they? they are, yeah, we are. I mean, I like to try new things, but I often end up going back to what it is. Yeah. You know, and certainly with a lot of the hair that I do, I tend to use the same things all the time because I know they work and I'm a very loyal human being. I mean, absolutely, I'm exactly the same. I try all things on a weekly basis, lots of different products, lots of different things get sent to us and the team to try. Um, but at the end of the day, I know what I like. I know what makes my hair look and feel really, really good. Um, and unless something comes that's going to absolutely smash that product, it's unlikely that I'll be changing anytime soon. That's yes. not to say that the, the new products are bad. That's just no. to say that there's, you know, there might be things about them that could be improved, that it might be better for a different kind of hair. Yes. Um, and I've got ones that I like and that I know work for me. Yeah. And I guess, with, like we said, with such a saturated market as well, it's kind of, you know, there's so much out there. At the end of the day, the only way you can find out whether you like it or not is to try it. Yeah, and most of the products out there at the moment, especially the ones aimed at women, are not very expensive. Um, we're yet to see really premium brands, maybe other than Tom Ford. We yes. do grooming or beauty and men's hair care in a big way. Um, so, you know, whilst it's still cheap and whilst there's still loads around, try everything. Yeah, yes. Try a new hair shampoo, try a new conditioner, try a new styling product. Um, try it a couple of times in different ways and kind of different times of the day and see how it works for you yeah wow so there is going to be more stuff um with myself and the rakish gent and obviously the fabulous taj but thank you very much for coming along oh thank you great and giving us your insight into male grooming absolute pleasure um we have some really exciting stuff planned don't we because we're going to have a yeah. shoot in not that lot in a week or so yeah in about two weeks we're doing a really lovely shoot um kind of easy tailoring autumn vibes um, Craig will be absolutely integral for that because oh. no one wants to see a model looking great in a suit but with messy hair so no. that's why it's so necessary it's the whole big picture at the end of the day it is it is everything needs to be in place everything needs to look really good now I'm going to link um, obviously the rakish gent down below but I'm also going to link Taj's own Instagram because he is a stylist as well as a um, editor in, in editor in chief not editor at large I was going to say but editor in chief <laughs> Thank you. and also he's a lawyer too is is there any end to the things that he can do <laughs> but I'm going to link all of his socials down below as I'm going to link mine down below so obviously go check those out definitely and as always with the world of hair if you've enjoyed this then please show it some love and subscribe because there is lots more coming in this series. But that just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Tash for coming along thank and being my much. first very special guest. He's been fabulous. And like I said, go check out all of his socials. They'll all be down below. And I will see you all again soon. Bye.